Welcome to the Classic Comics Cavalcade. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Amir Malikspor. And we are going to be discussing Mr. Miracle number seven, Apocalypse Trap. Man, Amir, I know I say this every week, but what a fun issue. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been fun. It's been nice. I like it. It's funny, fun, all of that. We finally get to know a lot more about Apocalypse, and it's a freaking terrifying place to be. I, I would definitely choose New Genesis. Yeah, you know, okay, I'm, I'm saying like I'm not so sure. Of course, I'd want to choose New Genesis, but the more I read into it, and it's probably like I'm reading more into myself than anything, but the more I read into it, the more I'm like, hey, there's some rules to this, and there's, I think it, I get, a, I feel a little bit more subtext, a little bit more. Probably I'm reading too much into it, but I'm really enjoying the process of reading too much into this stuff. So. I love it, so it's cool. I want to hear some more about the subtext. So this is not subtext, but I have a comment about each, uh, the, the, the cover where like uh, Cantu is like, is making Barda watch. <laughs> it's almost kind of like Barda is like the masculine and Scott is like, you know, he's basically like seeing like, hey, see Barda, you can't do anything. All your might, you can't save him. You know, it's just interesting how like, He's like torturing her by making her watch Scott get tortured. Yeah, we've talked about that over and over again. Kind of around it, I guess. Bart is definitely like the alpha in the relationship. Yeah. And it's funny, I don't think this scene comes up in the book. This Barta doesn't watch him get I mean Barta actually gets immobilized in the book. I mean when we get to it, we can talk about it, but so, so she doesn't actually see it. You're right. This torture scene does not occur in the book. No. But it's a great dramatic scene. Yeah, yeah. And that uh, wep those weapons are there. I love those weapons. Yeah, yeah. Those weapons, it, that happens. But it's just funny. Like, Barda doesn't have to go through this torture. Just another great Kirby cover, too. Mm -hmm. the, the drama in it. Visit Apocalypse and die. I mean, that's just such a great caption, too. Like, this is a comic that if I saw on the stands, I would have desperately wanted to read and see what the hell happened. Mm -hmm. And then it opens with this kind of dark, grim, intense scene on Apocalypse. Yeah. I like that, that amazing two-page spread by Kirby on pages two and three. Where yeah. we see, we start to really see the landscape of Apocalypse. And we see all these guards rushing towards the transit vehicle. Everyone's supervising them. The giant statue of Darkseid in the background that's so big, it, Kirby can't even contain it inside the panel. It's just a magnificent way to start the issue. And it starts it with so much tension. Yeah, I mean, one of the notes that I wrote about that dark side statue is like, I like the angles that he uses, you know, like the boot is like, you know, the foreshortening and like, just all the angles that he's like, he's, and you know, it's so funny, like the way dark side stands, it's really, uh, it's like royalty the way he stands, right? Like, like his hands are behind his back. He's not worried. That's what like, like wealthy royalty, they're not worried about if somebody's gonna punch them, right? Like, so their hands are behind them. They're like, yeah, you know, I'm just chilling over here. I just love the whole like, you know, the way that that statue is drawn. And then mm -hmm. it, one thing that I would love to see the original art for this, because you see, you actually are seeing 
uh, in the background, way in the background, you see like Granny Goodness, like giving marching orders to some soldiers in the back. There's a lot going on in this story. Like, soldiers in the foreground are like are gonna get get the new recruits in and torture them or haze them. There's some on the on the on the vehicle on top of it, like it's a tank. It just kind of it's really cool. There's like a spaceship in the background that's red you know at least in the in the printing that i'm seeing so there's a lot of stuff going on it's really really a wonderful page he just brings this whole scene to life thank god it's right you're inking it too and not coletta because this is a case where we want to see all of kirby in it and the devices are incredible i mean that green spaceship or whatever that the guards are on is such yeah. an amazing kirby design even down to it spitting all the pollution into the air. Yeah, crazy. And yeah, the hazing is just, you know, amazing. You know, I always, I always break up over the first look on their faces. The new worms when they get here, they freeze in their tracks like they're just so arrogant and ready. The guards to beat up on the little worms as they, as Kirby calls them. Oh, yeah. It looks like characters out of some Kirby Kid Gang comic or something, but they're told immediately, hey, you're just going to be tortured the entire time you're here. Mm -hmm. You're just worms. We're going we're gonna to kick you and punch you and beat you with clubs. It explains a lot about how Darkseid's warriors are just so subservient to him. Yeah, yeah. And they all went through that process, too. It's not just... Um... They all were beaten. It's kind of like hazing that people go through. It's like hurt people hurt people, you know? You, that's what you learn. That's what you give out. You dish it out when you get it, you know? I think that's an interesting insight. This is a planet that's run by hurt people, passing on their their pain to others. Mm -hmm. The cycles of, of abuse just keep repeating. Yeah. I think of this as also... Her, I have some commentary about the military, <laughs> military industrial complex. No, I have some commentary about the military, <laughs> the mil nature of military in apocalypse. In that, like, apocalypse is actually, to me, is like the military or like war. Anyway, it, it obviously it's war, but there's also a sense of military there because there is a little bit. Of, there is a hierarchy. There are rules, mm -hmm. and. There is honor, too, as we'll hear. I, at least that's what I got out of this, reading this issue. Necess even in an apocalypse, there is some type of rules around war. And we'll talk about that a little bit further. But it's interesting, the pages four and five, about the hazing part, about, you know, Granny Goodness saying, like, put him in his way, like, put your boot on his face, you know, those kind of things. And it, it is, I see it as... as at least from movies I've seen about the military, these are no different than what drill sergeants do to new soldiers, right? I mean, I don't know. I've never gone through boot camp. Maybe I should, but they yell not at them, they curse at them. Not the physical side, though. Not the physical side, yeah, that's true. Well, but, I don't know about but, that. But, yeah, absolutely. It's all about the discipline, following Granny and following Dark Side and following in line behind everyone, because there's also like a big deal about all the signs that are up about, you know, dark yeah. side is peace or peace through war, all that kind of thing. Yeah. There's also uh, the, the dark the side sign. is. Uh, okay, that's not in this, but anyway. 
Yeah, there's a there's a line that well, when we get to it, I want it, when we get to page eleven, we'll talk about that. But it's interesting. Um, also, Granny Goodness talks a lot about glory and love, right? Love Granny, love Dark Side. You know, like it's kind of strange that you they'd even use the word love in such a place, right? Not in this issue, but I've seen it before. So uh, it's almost like worshiping your superiors type of thing. Yeah, and Granny also talks about the hierarchy there. When she talks to one of the, the worms, she says, so he starts as a worm, you'll become a rat, then a wolf. And who can tell, you may get to be one of the Granny's fine young tigers. Yeah. Won't that be a glorious day? All praise to Dark Side. Like, it's such a great way of, like, talking about how you progress through the ranks or become more fully someone who can support Dark Side by just progressing up the animal food chain you'll yeah. still be an animal but at least you'll be a yeah. higher animal and i think this is the interesting thing about these types of societies where you're like well they're you know you live in like this horrible apocalyptic area but you could still go up the ranks i'm not saying like this is a good thing i'm just saying like that's how you you can still have power over people, like make them think that they can rise through the ranks and be somebody. Whereas, mm -hmm. like you're always a dog, you're always being mistreated. It's just you're less of a dog than before. You have you, now you get to mistreat other people below you. You know, it's it's not really like anything glorious. It's more like just the the higher you go up, all you get to do is punish other people. Right, and the and highest you can be is someone like Granny or. Rimen Wunderbar or yeah. this issue's villain where you can be this, this kind of amazing eccentric creation, right? Yeah. Otherwise, you could be like Hugin, who who just fails Darkseid and gets drummed down in the ranks yeah. and just accepts it as part of his lot in life. Yeah. So the issue starts with this in, kind of amazing view into apocalypse and the militarism and then immediately we are contrasted with Scott and Barta leaving Oberon saying they're leaving Earth to go to apocalypse and it's just like a such a perfect juxtaposition yeah can I make a commentary on page six there is a painting in the background it's Kirby dots I know right they have an artwork of Kirby dots on their wall. <laughs> it's like, what? Where did you get that from? I want some Kirby dots on my wall. Yeah, and I love the uh, Mr. Miracle, the, the the lettering on that title. The red, you know, it's in red. It's on like scary kind of. I don't know. I haven't noticed other issues employ that type of. It's like scary. It's like from a horror. I don't know what, what the reasoning behind that lettering is. Is that a Royer lettering, or do you think... Yeah, uh, Royer did the lettering. Interesting. That's all Royer. I like this scene, though. I like, yeah, or this page, these couple of pages where Oberon and um, Barda hug at the end while still, like, bad-mouthing each other. Oh, it feels so real, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's one of the first times we've really seen her be tender with anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, she is changing. She's growing. She's yeah. becoming less of a celestial and more like a person. I love Barda. What a great... I mean, <laughs> if anything, that's a great character. 
<laughs> we say this every week, but yeah, she's so great. Yeah. I um I also want to too, by the way, her costume, Barter's suit, is a contrast to Granny's suit. Oh, I didn't notice that. It's a it's the same type of let me look at it. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, and actually they'll mention that later too, right? Yeah. They'll say like, hey, I'm a hire, like what is it, uh, like an officer or something in the army. Right. I guess so I know if the suit gets simpler or it has to do with colors and there's a certain amount of freedom, but it might be a bit uh, it's kind of smart by Kirby to put those together. You were going to say something totally different. Sorry, I was just saying it might be a bikini top because they both have like a bikini with a belly shape. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at it, yeah, yes, they have. I would much on. rather see Barter's bikini top, but anyway. Anyways, um, no, no, I mean, that's what it looks like. It looks like, yeah. But uh, I was going to say one other thing again, this from a subtext perspective, or like projecting it feels like uh not that i've been to war but or battled scott scott wants to go back to apocalypse kind of like how when soldiers they go to war and they come back to regular civilian life they're kind of bored and they're missing it and they want to go back to that apocalypse kind of like he wants to go back and make it right yeah he feels an obligation to do things the right way or just go back to war. Like he, he, he can't not go back to apocalypse. He has to go back. Because even Barda says, like, just forget about it. Uh, don't put, don't put all the sentimental stuff in you. Just say goodbye to it and let's go. Or I guess maybe they're going back. I don't know, but that's what I got out of it. But this is a theme that keeps running through Mr. Miracle, especially is the rules you have to follow mm-hmm. in order to be a good member of this world, right? Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that's why he was trapped in the box a couple issues ago, thrown off the side of the building, thrown off into the elevators, or the, the big, the giant stairway he was thrown into. Oh, that makes because, sense. you know, he was also following the rules. He had to, he got a challenge and had to, you know, accept the challenge. He had no choice. That's, so it, you're right. That's kind of like, I guess it reminds me of Socrates then, when Socrates, like, when they were going to execute Socrates, he was all like, no, if I leave and I, if I don't go through this trial, then what I stand for would not be truth. And like, you know, so I guess it's the same type of thing. If, even if you're going against unjust people, you need to be the one that stands up for justice. And truth. There's a really clear oh. ethical sense there, isn't there? Mm-hmm. I guess we saw it with Orion and Light Ray, too that there is a certain sort of ethics that all the celestials have to follow in order to live in this society. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very important to them, but it's also kind of a little bit outside of our comprehension because like, I don't know about you and you know, I never grew up in a place nearly as dark as apocalypse, but I can't even imagine wanting to follow the rules of a society like that. I would be so into being just completely free, you know? Mm-hmm. I would want to. I would want to not follow any rules at all. Are but you saying Scott, is, uh-huh, Scott yeah. Barter is still kind of part of that society, even though they voluntarily left it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, are you saying that there are also? I mean, yeah, there are rules to people in apocalypse too. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think it is that honor part where, like, if you if you let go of the rules, then you you two become dishonorable and eventually succumb to that evil that you abhor so much 
And that's so godlike, right? You have to follow the honor is is primary importance to you. Yeah, well, honorable God, right? Because Dark Side is God too, and he poisoned his mom. So yeah, true, but he's honorable in his own way. That's true. That's true. He's also high enough in on the chain. He's he's not even an animal that he has the ability to kind of change things, I guess, compared yeah. to anyone else. There is honor in that war-like attitude as well. I think uh, when we get to Cantu, I think that's that was a that was a really interesting part. Yeah, I thought Cantu was really interesting, like all the villains in this series. Mm-hmm. But we start with just some more amazing battles on Apocalypse. Marta once again just proves herself to be strategically, physically emotionally mm-hmm. ready for battle in a way that Scott never is. Yeah. You know, she steals the Magna car because she's thinking two steps ahead of Scott. Mm-hmm. And you can even see it in like little small things like page 10, panel four. Bart is knocking down the wall while Scott's saying, wait, what are you doing? Like he's a st- half step behind her. Or on page 11, panel five, uh, panel four, excuse me, where Bart is jumping in the car in a different way than Scott is. Scott's jumping kind of awkwardly, and Bart is jumping in like, this is part of my plan. I'm going to be graceful about it. I'm going to fight this, you know? Yeah. She's got the confidence to kick the car and knock everyone, all the guards, out of it. And then she just immediately embraces it. Like, she is an action hero, and he's kind of following her in some ways. Mm-hmm. Hey, you jockeys in that Magna car, slow down. Boom. <laughs> yeah and again like she she could be the thing or thor doing that and you wouldn't think twice about it so very soon we we meet kanto yeah i mean i think the page before that i just noticed it right now those slaves that are like pushing whatever boulders up like the soldiers are like keep moving you to stop is to fail dark side and then one of the slaves is like to fail dark side is to fail ourselves they also all all five of those slaves look completely thin yeah their arms have no muscle tone their fingers almost look too long like they are starving they've got nothing they're out of the hospital you know like they have the the hospital band you know on their right arm or something or whatever the mark they have like a wristband mark that they're slave. It's crazy. Yeah, this is, this really has a resonance to the war, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's hard not to see Nazi slave camps or something in a moment like that. And it's interesting. I don't know if this is the coloring on the original comic. I have the straight paperback. But the coloring is super different on like the slave area and when the Barda and Scott battle Cantu. Like when they're battling Cantu, they have all like the primary colors, you know, or at least colors that pop. Whereas in on the on the slave area, it's dark and brown and that's a great observation, yeah. In the fight scenes with the with Canto versus Barda and Scott, it's all bright. Yeah. Whereas the slave scenes are all dark and yeah, that kind of continues through the issue, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like pages 
two and three especially are also really dark in the same way. Uh, two, oh, in the beginning? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess in some ways Scott and Barta bring life and energy to this rundown, yeah. awful place. It's kind of funny, too, because two and three is really dark, but then you go to four and five where, like, it's still dark, granny goodness, and there are new recruits coming in, and they're not dark yet. They're yeah, still I, kids, you know, and then they, they turn dark. I wonder if, if, if I was to color this issue, I probably would have done four and five dark also. Or it might just be that these are new recruits who haven't been put through the ringer yet. Mm-hmm. They haven't been crushed. Yeah. They still have some fight in them. Right, right. So Kanto is a wonderful villain. Another just wonderful Kirby design, too. Like, all the villains in, in this series have the most interesting designs to them. I don't get him. Is he, like, Shakespearean? Yeah, he's supposed to be, like, a Renaissance figure. Oh, Okay. Like a character, someone that like Leonardo would paint or something like that. Oh, got it, got it. Because they talk about on page nineteen, um, I live with all the daring phantoms who peopled and plotted the Earth years of the Renaissance. Mm. Yeah, I was wondering about that too because he he's got that weird scene on page nineteen where he's got a different sense of honor. Yeah. Which is also like again, all the all the the villains below Darkseid's level all have their own different senses of honor. Mm-hmm. Vermin Vonderbars is different from Cantos is different from Granny Goodness. Yeah, it's interesting because I mean, yeah, Canto is like he he is honorable. I, that's what I got out of it. He didn't want to just kill him. At least that's what I thought. Yeah. No, and he's got to do it in a certain special way, too. Mm-hmm. He He's the first one we've seen beat up Barda, defeat Barda. Mm-hmm. And the way he strides on page 14, panel one, so he zaps Barda with the rod, with the mega rod. And then page 14, panel one, an open panel, he strides towards Barda with this arrogance, kind of smiley face, smiling face. Like, he, he just looks like he's having so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on that page, like, on that same page, panel four, the way he looks at Scott, he just looks like he's enjoying himself so much. hmm Yeah. And I think there's a little bit of respect gained by him to see that Scott got away. Mm-hmm. A trap. Yeah, it's almost like um, him proving himself, like a, a ritual you go through in order to prove that you're the equal of this other person. Yeah. Yeah, and because well, the pa- the scene on page 19, like I was expecting Kanto to fight with Scott in some way, beat him up with a rod or something like that. Instead, the opposite happens. He he. I hope you're bored with trying to kill me, Scott says to him, because Scott escaped the death trap. Now they're seen as peers. Mm-hmm. And Kanto can give him back the rod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like Scott even respects the fact that you're influential and you can plot. 
Like Scott likes it that Canto is thinking of three dimensions where everyone else is thinking of two. He's another chess player, so to speak. What does this mean where he says, when I release Barda from mass gravity, I shall ask a boon of you, dear fellow. What is a boon? A favor. Oh, a favor. Oh, okay. That uh, really does almost feel like something out of Shakespeare. And I haven't read ahead as per our rules. So I wonder if we'll see the boon in the next issue. Oh, or like Kirby will just forget about it altogether. <laughs> or Kirby will forget about it. Oh, the scene of Granny Goodness in her like house frock on page 21 is just awesome. That was weird where she's all like, make it short, Hogan. Poor Granny is ailing and taking her medicine. She's taking medicine? I didn't understand. I'm like, I was trying to figure out what the hell that is. Is she drinking? Is Granny in her cups, you know? So she's like sick, which is interesting. You don't think of that. Like you haven't, like, I don't think, has any bad, back then, did any of the bad characters show weaknesses, like health-wise? I tried, I, I saw that, it was so strange. I was trying to figure out if she's just, if she, when she's done with her battles for the day, she goes back and she gets drunk every night, or if she is like actually sick. I mean, she looks so weird in that costume with yeah. with the head, the weird hat and house dress over her uh, her military outfit. It's just such a strange image. You know what she looks like? She looks like the drawings of like Little Red Riding Hood when she went to a, <laughs> like her grandma's house and the wolf is wearing the grandma's clothes. That's what Granny Goodness looks like. Well, I guess it makes sense that that fits. Because she wants to lead Scott and Barter into a trap made of the gods. A trap oh, of the gods. Mm. That look on her face, too, on, on last panel of page 21. She's just so nasty. What a freaking piece of work. Yeah. And then we see the next monster that they're going to be facing in the next issue. I'm looking forward to the Battle of the Id. I actually have kind of looked through it a little bit. This is going to be an amazing issue. And what he does with the id is very mm. cool. Oh, cool. That should be exciting. And then we get a quick four-page Young Scott Free story, which I think implies Metron is helping Scott even more, or is Scott using his own strategic abilities to separate himself from the rest of the people? I feel like he's got the talent, you know? He's got that oomph. And I guess they say that a little bit. I think what's so funny is the, the only thing I wrote down about that is like on the fourth page, because, you know, this is still a kid's comic, right? So at the last page, it says, um, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, like I just threw that parademon into the fire. But, you know, his body chemistry makes sure that he doesn't die. Like, he looks like that. <laughs> he's like, uh -huh. oh, that parademon was too eager to get me and shot right through the power core. Well, it can't hurt anyone with his body chemistry. But it sure turned him into a spectacular fireball. So, like, yeah, he didn't die. Don't worry about it. Hey, kids, he's all right. This parademon is fine. There's Never mind everyone who we just saw get beat up in the first part of the issue. Yeah. All these kids who are probably about your age, reader, right? Because I mean, they are like literally between maybe ages eight and 12. 
What a cool story, though. Just four pages yeah. of pure action. Yeah, there is a. I do want to say one thing about a quote that uh, I forgot to mention early on on page ten. There's a one of the machines or one of the billboards says to live well is to die well. Hair well, hail dark side. So that's kind of sounds like everyone's like I've heard that before. It's like to live well is to die well. Hail dark side. Like I think I heard that quote in Braveheart where like Mel Gibson said something like that. Oh wow. I don't remember that. I think it was like he's all like, oh, you know, like everybody dies, but no one truly lives, you know. But it's like you hear that a lot in military. It's like, or like not even military, but like the Romans where they're all like in a good death, you know, like mm-hmm. the only way to live well is to die well, you know, that kind of a thing. It's like, that's weird, Kirby. What are you trying to say about war or, you know, I don't know. Well, in this case, it's the propaganda they. That the you even see the the it's like to fail Darkseid is to fail ourselves. It's just like it's echoed there. Yeah, I mean we know Darkseid. If anything, he's a great marketing <laughs> propaganda. It's like he had that billboard he bought in in New Gods. Remember? That's right. It's a good marketing person. What another? What a great issue. Yeah, that was awesome. And this, again, came out right at the same time that Kirby was at his best in New Gods as well. Yeah. Yeah, this is the same month as the Pact. In fact, it follows the Pact in the Fourth World Omnibus. So you can see Kirby's just cranking on all cylinders. Yeah. And there's still nine issues left in his run. Yeah. After After issue 11, it drops off a bit. Mm. It's its own great thing, though. I'm looking forward to talking about that. Interesting. Yeah. But first, we get the Battle of the Id. Can't wait. I wonder if it, like the idea of it, ego, all that stuff, was really being popularized in psychology around the 70s. Well, it it was it emerged in the in the immediate post-war era. Oh, okay. Oh, got it. Okay. So it was around, you know, for a really long time. I actually just watched an old noir movie from the late 40s that centers around the id. Oh, interesting. So it it was like part of the popular culture then. Oh, okay. Got it. Awesome. Well, thanks, Jason. That was fun. Oh, thank you.